Welcome to the ACO Show. Today, Josh and Brian welcome Dr. Alok Gupta, a solo practitioner at Arjan Medical Center, to talk about his experience as a physician during the worst days of COVID and how his practice is preparing for what comes next. Welcome to the ACO Show. I'm Josh Israel, joined as always by my co-host, Brian Chitlinski. And we have the pleasure today with speaking Dr. Alok Gupta. Dr. Gupta is a solo practitioner at Arjun Medical Center in Gainesville, Virginia. Welcome, Dr. Gupta. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Israel. Thank you, Brian. A lot of folks have been fortunate enough to work at home through the pandemic. And there's been a correlation between sort of the more highly educated you are, the more likely you are to have a white collar job and be able to work at home. But one group that that has not applied to is physicians who really had to be out there on the front lines going to work and dealing with this. And we've heard some amazing stories about physicians in the Allied Network and physicians who aren't, who are really just out there serving their communities through this. So we wanted to talk to Dr. Gupta about how he has succeeded in doing this. So Dr. Gupta, can we just start with a sort of overview of how this has gone for you? So... As everybody knows, this pandemic has been really devastating to everybody. The, the public in general, the healthcare providers, the staff, uh, it has been extremely challenging. As you said, we did not, we do not have the luxury of sitting at home. And from day one, we did not think that we should sit at home. We have done telemedicine. That was a small part of what we did but mostly we were seeing patients in, uh, in our office. There was only a, a few weeks when we were not able to see anybody. And then at that time, the pandemic had just started and we knew very little about it. But I have to give credit to uh, my staff. They were, they were very helpful. They, were, they accepted the challenge. And most of us were here all, all through the pandemic. We have been here. In 2020, we were doing more televisits than 2021, and now we're doing very few televisits. We give that option to patients, but some of them take it. Most of them do not. They want to be seen face-to-face nowadays. We had our own challenges. We had our staff who tested positive for COVID. We had to shut the office down for a couple of weeks, once in a um, at least once, if not twice. But we, we plugged through. When the staff office was closed, I was doing televisits from home. My staff was working from home. They scheduled patients from home. Phones were forwarded to our office cell number or to our, my own personal cell number. And that's how we were working. It has been very challenging. We learned a lot. But as physicians, we do not have the option of sitting at home. The only saving grace I can say is that I do not go to the hospital. I can only think of the healthcare providers who were working day and night in the hospitals, sometimes doing double shifts getting exposed to COVID all day long. It is very sad that we lost so many healthcare providers, nurses, doctors um, in this COVID. Um, my own, my dad, um, I had some personal tragedy. My dad, who's a physician, he, we lost him last year due to COVID. Now I'm from originally from India and you may have heard about the Delta wave when it was devastating. One of, uh, the, one of the victims of the Delta wave was my dad. Sorry to say. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that, Dr. Gupta. It's just been it's been devastating for so many families. And you know, for, for you to be going through that loss and at the same time serving your community and your patients who are fighting 
the same illness is just it's incredible courage and so we're, we're very thankful that that you're there serving your community but also sending our, our deep condolences for your father and, and for the other patients that, that thank you just one last thing about my dad and when the pandemic hit he was asking me what are you going to do are you going to shut down are you going to do only televisits and i said dad you know i'm an internist he said that's the answer i wanted to hear from you <laughs> he said don't stop what you're doing um so so he told me he he guided me he said you have to do what you have to do and i said that you were thinking of doing covid testing in the office and he says as long as you are being uh, careful and wearing ppe and all that then i think you'll be all right that's what your job is you are internist that's what you need to do so here we are now i actually understand you had started trying to do covid testing in your parking lot but you ran into the particular american phenomenon of a condo association uh, what, what what happened there so you know i'm a one physician practice and our office is not huge it's good for us it's it's not small by any standard but if we have to do a bunch of covid tests and you know in the in 2020 uh, the testing had just started but there was a huge demand we were fortunate that our vendors worked with us uh in two years since we've been doing this we have never run out tests we have had pcr tests and then when the antigen test the rapid antigen test came we were fortunate enough to work with our vendors and we had enough supply of even the rapid antigen tests to answer your question we um sent an email to the president of the condo association and we asked him if we are, if we can do the covid test in our parking lot or would have been much more efficient and safer to our staff and to me and we were told that that topic will be brought up at the next meeting which was a quarter or 3 months away and we will need additional data from you i'm not sure what data they needed that there was a pandemic worldwide going on and uh, you know even the government was doing testing in the parking lot so and and i can tell you that a bunch of our condo condo people are physicians they would have understood us but at that time we are very busy and we didn't want to start a new controversy this pandemic everybody has to be together we have to work with it together and not start controversy so we just we just didn't pursue it anymore i have to tell you the truth i was very surprised with the answer i thought they would say oh wow there is a physician in this area who's doing covid testing because there's a huge need and they would have applauded us if not applauded us at least would not uh, make a roadblock so what we did was we dedicated one room one exam room only for covid testing and we called it our c suite our covid suite so we said this is the c suite and that has a window and we left the window open it has not been shut down in 2 years the window is open all the time to external air and we do with we use that exam room almost exclusively for covid testing what we also did was we spent money and we changed the filter on our furnace we were told that there are certain filters which are much better in killing the covid virus so we installed we got that installed and that was a few thousand dollars and that was out of our pocket but i'm happy to do it for patient care i have no regrets doing it yeah when when you're talking about the controversy around tests and these moments where you think there's this moment of clarity that you are a physician taking care of your patients and of course it seems self-evident that anything that anyone in the community can do to help you 
better serve the patients, is better for the community. But thinking of these moments of, of when we think there's a moment of clarity and it turns out it's a little more difficult, looking at vaccines now, it looks like, as, as you described to us, you're actually able to secure some vaccines, which I know was a, a struggle for a lot of practices across the country. Can you tell us a little bit about how you were able to access the vaccines and kind of what helped remove the obstacles in the way for your practice? When, I, when, there, was, when there were reports about the vaccine is about to come out, there was obviously a whole lot of excitement in the medical community. But then I heard that the federal government has decided that the vaccine will go to big two pharmacies and they will be distributing to a whole lot of people. Now, that ran somewhat counterintuitive to me. Within a few weeks of this being out in the press, a, a study was published and they found that most patients want to get the vaccine at the provider's office, at a primary provider's office. So I read that, and then we did an informal poll in our office. Uh, we asked patients, if you had a choice of going to a pharmacy versus coming here for a vaccine, where would you go? And overwhelmingly, my patients said, of course, we'll, we would prefer to get it here. So the next step was how to get it. And racking our brains and reading media and all, there was no way a private physician can get the vaccine. And that perturbed me. That, that, that is not fair, I thought. So we started writing emails to anybody who's somebody. We wrote emails to the governor of Virginia. We wrote to senators. We wrote to the local health department. We wrote to our local delegate, Danica Rome, and to see if there's any way we can get the vaccine. When I talked to my staff, they thought it was a noble idea. We should pursue it. But everybody agreed that it's going to be a long shot. But we pursued it. Every week I would write an email to somebody saying that, they, you know, the patients want their vaccine to get through the physician, physician's office. So how come you're not giving it to private physicians? So then one of the answers was, well, we're giving to big hospitals and they can give it to patients. And I'm like, okay, I'm not part of any big uh, hospital group. I'm a private solo practitioner. I should be able to get the vaccine also so I can give it to my patients because my patients should not be penalized just because they're not, they don't go to a physician who's part of a larger uh, hospital practice, hospital-based practice. Finally, we got an email from the health department. They're saying, yes, you can get it, but there are lots of hoops and lots of uh, training to be done and lots of forms to be filled out. So we started working on that. My staff, especially my office manager, she was very good. She started doing this diligently. She realized that this is our mission. We should do it. And then one person who really helped us out is Danica Rome. She's our local delegate for Prince William County. And she talked to the Virginia Department of Health. She said that physicians should get the vaccine to distribute. She once told me in an email, she named me in the Virginia Department of Health. They were having a, they were having a meeting and they said, well, can you give us an example? Who's looking for this vaccine? And she said, and she wrote an email to me that Alok Gupta is a physician in uh, Gainesville and he's looking and he's been pestering me. I mean, she didn't use the word pestering, but I knew what she was saying. So lo and behold, one day we were, we were told that there's a good chance you'll get the vaccine. And the other person I should highlight who really helped us is Dr. Ansher. She's a, she was the Prince William County Local Health Department. She was the health director there, medical director. And she really helped out. 
she understood what we were doing and she said that she'll do her best to help us out on a couple of occasions i called her and and during this pandemic she was extremely busy but she immediately answered a cell phone and was able to answer her questions i have to give you another example we were we were doing our application we got stuck at a place so we looked at the email to see if we can talk to somebody at department of health virgin department of health we picked up the phone and it was a cell number of a, of a person and she stayed with us one hour on the phone helped us fill out the form which was very complicated and then as soon as we were about to get done i realized it was martin luther king birthday junior birthday that day so it was off day for her we were working but she was not but she answered her cell number and helped us out so i think i think everybody pulled through i think the department of health realized it's very important that physicians practitioners should get it get the vaccine to distribute once they realized that they helped us out there were people in the department of health who helped us out the the, the, the local delegate helped us out the department of, the prince william county health department helped us out so we we were able to pull through and as we have done the testing we have never run out similarly with the vaccine we never ran out they ensured that once they started giving us vaccine the momentum is there and that we will uh, that we will have enough vaccine that we will never run out that's just that's an incredible story and i think such a testament to i think especially when these pandemic pandemics and these these types of major health crises hit we look towards the federal government for leadership and direction and i think it's a great reminder that local government and state government you know delegate Danica Rome Dr Allison Ansher the Prince William County Board of Health the, the these local community resources that you know are are close to you and are are right next door are you know eager to find ways to help and to advocate for you and to to lift up the voices of of physicians and and get these things moving it's just a really incredible story about local resources banding together to help turn the tide on the pandemic I'd love to hear a little bit so once you were able to secure these vaccines uh how did you get them to your patients like how how easy was it to distribute did everyone just show up and right away was was eager to get vaccinated or did you have to do a little bit of outreach kind of what, what was your strategy in distributing the vaccines once you had them you can imagine as soon as the word came out that we had the vaccine um there was an avalanche of phone calls uh, so Uh, one thing we did was we had a new another person and she turned out to be very good and she's still with us of course we you know and she's helping us out a lot jokingly we call her our covid czar and so she helped us out in this but our staff really pulled through we had we had literally hundreds of phone calls a day okay we had texts we have hundreds of hundreds of phone calls so we had to make some kind of a limit that how many patients we going to give the vaccine but we also made a pledge to ourselves that we will not waste a waste a single dose there were times that we were running from pillar to post we were running everywhere saying that we have vaccine does anybody want it we went to the local gym we called our friends we called the patients who if they had any friends who we could give the vaccine so for months and months and months we did not waste a single dose and then on top of that what the one thing we did was across from where my office is there's a 55 and above community called heritage hunt and most of them are 65 and above on medicare and obviously those were the those were the patients who were targeting number 1 for to get the vaccine 
So we were able to contact the board of directors and we ran COVID clinics there, vaccine clinics. So we had hundreds of people. We, we vaccinated it in one day. We hired people like on per diem basis. We had a whole staff show up and we vaccinated everybody, like hundreds of people every day so that the COVID vaccine, the campaign is successful. You can imagine how logistically it was different, difficult. We are one practice, one physician practice, but our staff really pulled through. We had staff who were just doing patients when they were coming in, they were just doing intake. That means uh, registering the patients. We had a billing company just doing the billing and we had multiple people who were doing the COVID charts. The number we have, we don't have exact number, but our billing company told us we did more than 5,000 vaccines last year. 5,000 shots. That's amazing. Good for you, really. So Dr. Gupta, we are recording this at the very end of March. There's a bit of a lull in this wave after wave of the pandemic. Omicron cases are going down. We're hearing that BA2 may be coming. We hope not, but you certainly seem like somebody who's going to be fixing the barn roof when the sun is shining, not waiting till it's raining. How are you using this time? Do you have a little breathing room and what are you doing with it? I shared your concern about BA2. If history in last two years history has any guide, what has happened in Britain and rest of Europe, it comes after a few weeks, it comes in US. And as we know, in Britain and other parts of Europe, the, the BA2 has reared its ugly head. And I'm fearful that it will come to US also. So what we have done is number one, we have we have stockpiled our PPE. We have we have in the beginning we had uh, very as as everybody was knows that there was a shortage of PPE. And um, there's a small story. What happened was in the beginning of the pandemic we had no masks left. We were down to seven single digit seven masks left, and we had to run a practice. So I put on Facebook that we have only seven masks left. And next day a local dentist who said our practice is closed, we are not seeing any patients, he gave us 200 masks. All, what, all masks he had at home and in his office, he gave all of us to, to, all of them to us. It is amazing. These stories are amazing and they have to be told. So what we're doing is we are stocking, stockpiling our PPE as much as we can and our testing. So we have, uh, been, we have talked to our vendors and we are able to uh, stockpile testing. We are still hoping that that patients who haven't had the vaccinations will, will come and get the vaccines, first, second, or a booster. And in certain cases, the fourth shot, patients who are immunocompromised. But like you rightly said, there's a lull. And we are internal medicine practice. We're not a COVID practice only. So, you know, we have the other, there are other problems in this world we have to deal with. I'm sure we were somewhat lacking in uh, doing preventive care when there was a COVID, there was a, like, COVID pandemic raging. So we are concentrating more on that. That doesn't mean our eyes, uh, we are still the eye on the ball that the COVID is still here. But in addition to that, we are doing other things. We are updating our policies and procedures, giving other immunizations besides COVID and, other, and concentrating on other preventive care. Dr. Gupta of Arjun Medical Center in Gainesville, Virginia. We, we always talk about at Allidade how physicians in primary care practices are not just delivering healthcare, they're these trusted 
resources and advocates for their community. And I think your story about how many times you spoke up for your community, how many times you got the word out about what the needs were for your patients. I think you, you have proven that very clearly over the past couple of years. And we're, we're very thankful for all the work you did for the 5,000 shots you helped get to your patients and your community. And we're very thankful, of course, that you took the time to share some of these stories with us today on the ACO show. So thank you again for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. This episode of the ACO show was produced by Leanne Prieti, Dan Ablin, and Alana Coogan. Our theme music is by Greg Berry. You can find previous episodes on our website, alliday.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and join us next time.